You're Within the Norms, the blog that explores boundaries of medical science and law. Reported by Norman J. Clement RPH, DDS, Norman L. Clement Farm Tech, Malachi F. McCandle Farm D, Belinda Brown Parker, in the spirit of Joseph Salvo Esquire, in the spirit of Rev. C.T. Vivian, Jelani Zimbabwe Clement, B.S., M.B.A., in the spirit of the Han. Patrice Lumumba, in the spirit of Erlen Clement S.R., Walter F. Ren III, M.D., Julie Killingworth, Willie Ginyard B.S., Joseph Webster M.D., M.B.A., Beverly C. Prince M.D., Fax, Richard Call, M.D., Leroy Baylor, J.K. Joshi M.D., M.B.A., Adrienne Edmondson, Esther Hyatt Ph.D., Walter L. Smith B.S., in the spirit of Brom Fisher Esquire, Michelle Alexander M.D., Kudjo Wilding B.S., Martin Ju B.S., R.P.H., in the spirit of Deborah Lynn Shepard, Barris E. Muchet, Strategic Advisors. We are not powerless and through our videos, writings, and photographs we will expose the abuses and tyranny of United States Drug Enforcement Agency. DEA Lawyer John Beerboer July 15, 2019, DEA Letter to Richard Lawhern, Ph.D. DEA has consistently emphasized and supported the prescriptive authority of an individual practitioner under the CSA to administer, dispense, and prescribe controlled substances for the legitimate treatment of pain within acceptable medical standards as outlined in DEA's policy statement published in the Federal Register, FR, on September 6, 2006, titled, Dispensing Controlled Substances for the Treatment of Pain. 71 FR 52716. The Chronic Pain Game Prosecutions. Mr. Beerboer. Thank you, Your Honor, and good morning. The evidence in this matter is very straightforward. The evidence will show that there was a series of subpoenas and inspections. DEA obtained records, including dispensing records and patient profiles for respondents' dispensing activities, that records were reviewed by a pharmacy expert retained by DEA, Donald Sullivan, Ph.D. Don Sullivan the evidence will show that the expert concluded that the respondent's dispensing activity showed a number of suspicious patterns, including the fact that 99% of prescriptions filled at respondent was paid for in cash. Made a presentation in court to support the DEA's intentions to prosecute, suspend licenses, and or imprison drive, Norman Clement. Mr. Beerborough then stated, the government would ask that the tribunal recommends that respondent's registration be revoked, and any pending applications are denied because its continued registration would be inconsistent with the public interest. Why is the DEA Jailing Doctors, Episode 4? Physician Against Abuse LLC Physicians Against Abuse, PA, was founded in 2019 articulated in their amicus curia brief in Zilu Ruan v. the United States. In response to the astronomical number of convictions against physicians involving scope of practice charges that have sprung up in the past two decades, PA is made up of five board members and is a Florida corporation in the process of gaining nonprofit status. Christine Black, MD. Physician board members of PA are uniquely situated in identifying the root cause of criminal prosecutions against physicians because either they have been themselves previously subjected to criminal prosecution and or have had exposure to the criminal court system. Prior to founding the organization, the board members conducted a review of 211 convictions against physicians over a 10-year span involving prescription and or health care fraud.
The inescapable conclusion from a review of trial transcripts, including but not limited to opening and closing statements and testimony of expert witnesses, was that the prosecutions against physicians amounted to nothing short of blind leading the blind where one blind is the prosecutor and the other blind is the physician's own attorney. CDC and DEA Ruining Thousands of Clinicians, Episode 5 In analyzing the root cause of the near 99% success rate of convictions against physicians, Pa concluded that what it all boiled down to was a prosecutor with a hunch hiring an expert using the deep pockets of the government, often not even in the same field as the accused physician, to criminalize the behavior of the accused physician. While this may be acceptable in the context of medical malpractice litigation, it is not acceptable where the consequences are loss of freedom for the accused physician. Soma 350MG Generic Relying on a three-pronged approach, one, the phrase, not for a legitimate medical purpose, two, hired government expert, and three, ability to show substantial wealth for the accused physician, federal prosecutors have been successfully getting the jury to return a guilty verdict in nine out of ten scope of practice cases all over the country. These circumstances combined with the vague statutory language relied upon by prosecutors to convict healthcare professionals by misapplying the phrase outside the scope of professional practice or not for a legitimate medical purpose have placed healthcare professionals on a battlefield where prevailing in a criminal prosecution essentially has a zero chance. Knock Knock Who Is There, Episode 3 This formula has made the U.S. the only country in the world mass incarcerating physicians. This is not because all the criminal doctors miraculously reside in the United States, but rather, because there is something significantly wrong in the manner federal prosecutors have been allowed to litigate these cases as if they are in the Wild West. Prosecutors are able to easily appeal to the emotions of the jury all over the country where there is an ongoing opioid crisis such that it is estimated that at least one in every four individuals knows of a person who has died of an overdose. July 15, 2019 DEA Letter to Richard Lawhorn, Ph.D. DEA has not promulgated any new regulations regarding the treatment of pain. Federal law and DEA regulations do not impose a specific quantitative minimum or maximum limit on the amount of medication that a practitioner may prescribe on a single prescription, or the duration of treatment intended for a particular patient. Beerbower's High Dose of Opioids Bullshit When presented with a facially valid prescription, However, a pharmacist cannot be expected to second-guess the prescriber's medical judgment that the prescribed medicine is appropriate, to interrogate the patient regarding whether they actually need the prescribed medication, or to obstruct the patient's care by withholding it. The law should not unduly chill a pharmacist's performance of her slash his duties to make medications safely available to patients who need them. The knowledge requirement in Section 1306.04 properly reflects this circumscribed role. Any construction of Section 841A, 1, that permits the federal government to criminalize good-faith medical errors raises alarming federalism implications. Hydromorphone 8MGS The states that have primary authority to regulate the practice of medicine under their reserved Tenth Amendment police powers. See, for example, Linder v. United States, 268 U.S. 5, 18, 1925. D-Iraq control of medical practice in the states is beyond the power of the federal government, Barsky v. B.D. Of Regents, 347 U.S. 442, 449, 1954, the states, broad power to establish and enforce standards of conduct within its borders relative to health, extends naturally to the regulation of all professions concerned with health, 
Hillsboro CTY. B. Automated Med. Labs. Incorporated, 471 U.S. 707, 719, 1985. The regulation of health and safety is primarily, and historically, a matter of local concern. Rush Prudential HMO Incorporated v. Moran, 536 U.S. 355, 387, 2002, espousing that establishing standards of reasonable medical care is a quintessentially state law function. The preservation of a proper balance between federal and state powers is central to our constitutional design and the protection of fundamental liberties. As this court has explained, Leo Belotowski Esquire, IT's time to disband DEA. This federalist structure of joint sovereigns preserves to the people numerous advantages. It assures a decentralized government that will be more sensitive to the diverse needs of a heterogeneous society, it increases the opportunity for citizen involvement in democratic processes, it allows for more innovation and experimentation in government, and it makes government more responsive. Just as the separation and independence of the coordinate branches of the federal government serve to prevent the accumulation of excessive power in any one branch, a healthy balance of power between the states and the federal government will reduce the risk of tyranny and abuse from either front. Gregory V. Ashcroft, 501 U.S. 452, 458, 1991. Consequently, the federal-state balance of power cannot be dramatically reconstrued by either judicial supposition or a federal law enforcement agency's an interpretation of a statute that runs afoul of its plain text. Rager v. Regents of University of Minnesota, 534. U.S. 533, 543, 2002, when Congress intends to alter the usual constitutional balance between the states and the federal government, it must make its intention to do so unmistakably clear in the language of the statute. Alprazolam 2 MGS. The federal government has no right to interfere with the state's authority to regulate medical practice without a clear indication that Congress intended that result. Solid Waste Agency of Northern Cook County v. United States Corps of Engineers, 531 U.S. 159, 172, 2001, Pegram v. Herdrich, 530 U.S. 211, 237, 2000. I in the field of health care, a subject of traditional state regulation, there is no preemption without clear manifestation of congressional purpose. Michelle Clark RPH, Wheatland Pharmacy, Texas. In cases involving congressional regulation of core state functions, the clear statement canon has been characterized as a super-strong rule of statutory construction that carries weightier force than ordinary preemption. William N. Eskridge Jr. and Philip P. Fricke, Quasi-Constitutional Law, Clear Statement Rules as Constitutional Lawmaking, 45 Van. L. Rev. 593, 623-24, 1992. See also PA. Department of Core. B. Yeski, 524 U.S. 206, 208 1998. Ups in an unmistakably clear expression of intent, we will interpret a statute to preserve rather than destroy the state's substantial sovereign powers, quotation marks and citations omitted. The rule of lenity, a time-honored interpretive guideline, also applies when courts construe an ambiguous criminal statute. United States v. Kuzminski, 487 U.S. 931, 952, 1988. Under the rule, when choosing between two constructions of a crime, the statute shall be construed in favor of the defendant. United States v. 
Universal CIT Credit Corporation, 344 U.S. 218, 221 22, 1952. We should not derive criminal outlawry from some ambiguous implication. The relevant provision of the CSA at issue here, however, is unambiguous. DEA Legal Raid August 29, 2019, Pronto Pharmacy LLC. CSA Section 841A 1 cannot be interpreted as criminalizing good faith medical mistakes under pertinent precedent because the statute lacks any suggestion that Congress intended to delegate to the Department of Justice, DOJ, breathtaking authority over the practice of medicine. Instead, Congress explicitly left to the states the authority to regulate the medical professions. C21 USC Section 823G 2HI Nothing in such regulations or practice guidelines may authorize any federal official or employee to exercise supervision or control over the practice of medicine or the manner in which medical services are provided. This court has long recognized that the state's protection of the health of its citizens is at the core of its police power. Spurhase v. Nebraska X. Rel. Douglas, 458 U.S. 941, 956, 1982 and has expressly rejected the notion that the CSA grants either DOJ or DEA the broad authority to regulate the practice of medicine. Tehe, CSA, and our case law amply support the conclusion that Congress regulates medical practice insofar as it bars doctors from using their prescription writing powers as a means to engage in illicit drug dealing and trafficking as conventionally understood. Beyond this, however, the statute manifests no intent to regulate the practice of medicine generally. The silence is understandable given the structure and limitations of federalism, which allows the estates great latitude undare their police powers to legislate as to the protection of the lives, limbs, health, comfort, and quiet of all persons. Gonzalez, 546 U.S. at 269-70, emphases added. Not only does Congress know how to explicitly delegate the authority to regulate controlled substance prescribing to a federal agency, but it has also done so in one, and only one, narrow category, opioid use disorder, OUD, treatment. ID. At 271, holding that 42 U.S.C. Section 290BB2A is the only arena in which Congress has set federal medical standards and indicates that when Congress wants to regulate medical practice in the given scheme, it does so by explicit language in the statute. See also Anderson et al. At 98, Despite the long-standing norm of federal non-interference in medicine, the federal government can regulate medical practice if it makes its intention to do so clear and unambiguous. A major player in the pain game, episode 2. And even then, Congress expressly delegated the authority to set federal medical standards regarding OOD treatment to the Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, and not a federal law enforcement agency. 42 U.S.C. Section 290BB2A the Secretary of Health and Human Services, after consultation with the Attorney General, shall determine the appropriate methods of professional practice in the medical treatment of the narcotic addiction. Federal law enforcement agencies are unqualified to determine whether drugs have a useful and legitimate medical purpose and are necessary to maintain the health and general welfare of the American people. 21 U.S.C. Section 811. Congress, therefore, did not even leave it to DEA to perform one of its core CSA functions, the scheduling of controlled substances, without health care agency oversight and evaluation. See id. Section 811b, the Attorney General shall, before initiating proceedings, to schedule or reschedule a drug, request from the, HHS, 
Secretary of Scientific and Medical Evaluation, the recommendations of the Secretary to the Attorney General shall be binding, as to such scientific and medical matters. FDA-approved narcotic analgesics. Furthermore, this court has expressly held that DOJ cannot criminally prosecute OOT prescribers under CSA Section 841A, 1, unless they sell drugs, not for legitimate purposes but primarily for the profits to be derived therefrom and are acting outside the usual course of professional practice such that their behavior is akin to that of a large-scale drug pusher, not as a physician. More at 345. Congress's refusal to permit a federal agency to regulate the practice of medicine beyond illegal trafficking is further evidenced by the Narcotic Addict Treatment Act, 1974, NATA, which amended the CSA to permit HHS to regulate OO treatment. Not as legislative history demonstrates that the Senate Judiciary Committee carefully weighed the state's long-standing authority to regulate the general practice of medicine against the specialized circumstances within the purview of the bill. For example, OO treatment which entail inordinate risks of diversion and unethical profiteering. S. Rep. No. 93-192, at 13, 1973. The committee report further explains that the purpose of the NADA amendments was to reaffirm the commitment Congress made to the nation when it passed the CSA by facilitating the prosecution of those who engage in the criminal distribution of legitimate narcotic drugs for profit. Id. At. DPY 190200 Distributed Special Brief File. Download. 15. In sum, the CSA permits the federal prosecution of prescribers who operate as drug traffickers as traditionally understood and, thereby, knowingly or intentionally engage in prescribing conduct that exceeds the bounds of professional practice. Congress never intended to delegate to law enforcement the authority to regulate the practice of medicine by criminalizing good faith medical mistakes. C-21 U.S.C. Section 903. The CSA also depends on state law to determine which medical professionals constitute practitioners acting in the course of professional practice and are, therefore, presumptively eligible for federal controlled substance registration. 21 U.S.C. Section 823F provides that, Tehe Attorney General shall register practitioners to dispense controlled substances if the applicant is authorized to dispense controlled substances under the laws of the state in which he practices, emphasis added, id. Section 802.21, defining practitioner to include a physician, licensed by the United States or the jurisdiction in which he practices, to dispense, a controlled substance in the course of professional practice, emphasis added. Andrew Horton. The CSA further mandates that DOJ defer to state medical licensing authorities before denying, suspending, or revoking a state licensed prescriber's registration. Id. Section 823F1, explaining that the Attorney General may deny, suspend, or revoke a state licensed prescriber's registration if doing so is in the public interest, and that the first of the five factors that the Attorney General must consider in making such a determination is, Tehe recommendation of the appropriate state licensing board or professional disciplinary authority. In a 1998 letter to the House Judiciary Committee Chairman, Attorney General Janet Reno explained that the CSA was not intended to displace the states as the primary regulators of the medical profession or to override a state's determination as to what constitutes legitimate medical practice. Oregon v. Ashcroft, 368F.3D1118-1123-2004 
consistent with Congress's long-standing policy of leaving the regulation of medical practice to the states was its refusal to enact the Pain Relief Promotion Act, PRPA, which would have made illicit the controlled substances used in physician-assisted suicide and, thus, delegated to the DEA the authority to regulate medicine. Pointing to the DEA's lack of requisite medical and scientific expertise, Congress rejected PRPA. S. Rep. No. 106-299, at 61, 2000, T. His poorly written, poorly thought-out statute would wreak havoc on states' traditional police authority to regulate their own doctors, an authority they have enjoyed for more than 200 years. In our view, the DEA is not qualified to handle investigations into allegation, sick, of the misuse of pain management drugs, emphasis added. Congress has refused to extend the right to interfere with the state's regulation of medical practice even to those federal agencies with significant scientific and medical expertise. The Food, Drug and Cosmetics Act, FDCA, expressly provides that it should not be construed to limit or interfere with the authority of a health care practitioner to prescribe or administer any legally marketed device within a legitimate health care practitioner-patient relationship. 21 U.S.C. Section 396 See also United States v. Regenerative Psi, LLC, 878 F SUP. 2D 248 255, DDC 2012. This express limitation of the FDCA is of significant practical import. If the FDCA preempted the regulation of medical practice, prescribers would be stripped of their traditional right to prescribe food and drug administration, FDA approved drugs off label, that is, for non-approved uses to benefit their patients. The Supreme Court has expressly endorsed the off-label practice of medicine. Buckman Company v. Plaintiffs Legal Com, 531 U.S. 341, 350, 2001, off-label uses an accepted and necessary corollary of the FDA's mission to regulate in this area without directly interfering with the practice of medicine. The United States Congress has taken precisely the same view. In general, the FDA has no authority to regulate how physicians prescribe approved drugs in the context of their medical practice. Zoilu Ruana MD. Physicians prescribing off-label uses of approved drugs is not within the jurisdiction of the FDA. HR Rep. Number 105 to 310 at 60, 1997. The Social Security Amendments of 1954 also make clear federal non-interference with the state's health-related police powers, providing that and nothing in this title shall be construed as authorizing the Commissioner of Social Security to interfere in any way with the practice of medicine. 42 U.S.C. Section 416. The Federal Medicare Statute, the Fertility Success Rate and Certification Act of 1992, and the Drug Addiction Treatment Act of 2000 each included similar expansive and express prohibitions on federal interference with the practice of medicine. 42 U.S.C. Section 1395. Nothing in the Medicare statute shall be construed to authorize any federal officer or employee to exercise any supervision or control over the practice of medicine. 42 U.S.C. Section 263A2I 1. HHS may not establish any regulation, standard, or requirement which has the effect of exercising supervision or control over the practice of medicine. 21 U.S.C. Section 823G 2HI Nothing in such regulations or practice guidelines may authorize any federal official or employee to exercise supervision or control over the practice of medicine or the manner in which medical services are provided. 
Out of a mountain of despair comes a stone of hope. Congress's long-standing and express prohibition on federal interference with state authority to regulate the medical professions is grounded in the UN controversial notion that it is the states that are the laboratories of inventive social and economic experiments in our dual sovereignty system of government. New State Ice Company v. Liebman, 285 U.S. 262, 311, 1932, Brandeis, J., dissenting, it is one of the happy incidents of the federal system that a single courageous state may, if its citizens choose, serve as a laboratory, and try novel social and economic experiments without risk to the rest of the country. Permitting state heterogeneity in medical practice bolsters medical innovation and benefits public health. Gregory, 501 U.S. at 458, explaining that the very purpose of the clear statement rule is to preserve a federalist structure of joint sovereigns, that will be more sensitive to the diverse needs of a heterogeneous society and that increases opportunity for citizen involvement in democratic processes, and allows for more innovation and experimentation in government. Medical innovation is necessarily wrought from medical practitioners' discretion to deploy their specialized training and expertise to pioneer new treatment approaches that may improve patients' well-being. This is likely why there is not a single federal statute that indicates that Congress intended to permit a federal law enforcement agency to criminalize good-faith yet mistaken attempts to revolutionize medical practice. United States v. Lopez, 514 U.S. 549, 583, 1995, Kennedy, J., Concur Ring, cautioning against foreclosing, the states from experimenting in an area to which states lay claim by right of history and expertise. Low-hanging fruit. Scott Thomas. For now, you are within. You are within thenorms.com, Winton Marsalis Concerto for Trumpet and Two Oboes, 1984. The Norms.